Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, is Brokeback Mountain, Nathaniel (laughs) Paul Thurston. How's it going today? It's great, man. It's going really well. That is my given name. How's your your broken back? My back does hurt. We missed yesterday. I thought you were going to say my back is broken. My back is broken. Yeah. (laughs) Spinal. (laughs) No, I got a lot of back problems. Okay, that's the joke that we're alluding to here, but it's not a joke. It's a real thing. And so we literally had to skip the episode yesterday because it hurt too bad for me to talk. Broke back mountain. It's issues. Hey, you know, if you want to make... It's your cross to bear. If you want to make a joke out of this, that's fine, Charlie. That's something he thinks is okay these days. But I'm living in 2022, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that my back is broken. Okay? Spinal. Spinal. Anyway, <laughs> we're here today feeling m- much better, considerably better than yesterday for sure. As I said, this is Good Morning Liberty, a place where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. And Nate, why is it when we want to? Because sometimes we don't want to, and we do what we want. That's one of the main things that we preach here. That's you, liberty. Yeah, you do what you want as long as you don't hurt people or take their stuff. No, I don't think not doing a show hurt anybody yesterday. No, we didn't. I mean, they didn't get the full value they were paying for in the live group, but um, it w- we'll, we'll over-deliver at other times mm. for sure. So uh, it's White Pill Wednesday. This is the day of the week where we try to paint a rosy picture of the ship as it's going down and just give you... Uh, just an alternative viewpoint we're, to what we're you're the, seeing. We're the violin players on exactly, the Titanic. Exactly. It's going down. That is we're it. We're still playing the music for everyone. <laughs> so, yeah, you picture the violinists on the on on the Titanic. That's what we're doing right now for sure. Although there are good things that happen from time to time. I do want to say it's not all just like you see on Twitter. And honestly, we did this for our own mental health because, I mean... Eventually, you have to get some white pills, or you just you're gonna go mad. You have to, so you, you'll go nuts. It is the hardest show to do every week because there, there, it's hard to find things. Today's show is really good, though. Mm-hmm. Like lots of There's a impressive really, things yeah. that I was shocked. I know about, so I can't wait to tell everyone about them. So we'll talk about this uh, the Project Ver- Veritas thing that came out uh, last night with the Twitter. They've been they've been attacking Twitter this week. That's what they're doing. And even though they're they're banned on Twitter, of course, which is kind of ironic. Veritas. And then we'll also be talking about uh, the the Department of Homeland Security. Seems like maybe they won't have a Ministry of Truth or the what uh, Disinformation Governance Board mm. has been paused. The news that we are getting right now, and it's because of the evil right wing supremacists. I have a hilarious article from from the uh, Washington Post that we'll be going through where you can actually hear the author crying 
and throwing things during the article. Through her words. And I think it's a funny, I think it's fun, you know? That's a white pill if I've ever heard of one. A little bit of leftist tears out there, I guess. Mm. So anyway. Uh, For your Ben Shapiro tumblers. We'll play this video to start with because this is, uh, you know, the main, the main topic you're seeing on Twitter right now. So Project Veritas out there doing their thing, infiltrating people from these uh, different companies and recording their conversations. Is it ethical? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure if it is uh, wherever they were to record someone without their consent. I think they've been sued from for that before, but I'm sure I'm sure this is fine. And where you get to see what people actually think behind the scenes. And so they got this guy, Alex Martinez, who's a lead client partner, and they took him out on a date, which I was saying in the pre-show, I kind of feel bad about. I kind of feel bad about that part. I'll tell you, I don't. So they take people out, they get them drunk, they make them all hopeful, you know, that their life's about to turn, their love life is about to turn around, and they spill the beans about what they're doing at the company, and then the video comes out later. This one was especially hilarious at the end of the video. I don't feel bad, nor I do I feel badly. Either one of them. About the situation at all. All right, let's uh, let's play this thing real quick, see what it sounds like, see what we're hearing. Well, right now we don't make profit, so it's going to say ideology, which is what's led us to not being profitable. The rest of us who have been here believe in something that's good for the planet and not just to give people free speech. Because again, like these people really do believe in what we're doing. These are the policies we've put in place for misinformation or mislabeling media or whatever. Yeah. Why do you think this should be taken down? Yeah. Like those are the questions they're gonna ask him. Yeah. 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 And it's gonna be hard for him to be like, oh, because people should make their own decision. It's like, no, but people don't know how to make a rational decision if you don't put out correct things that are supposed to be out in the public. As an advertiser, as my people business, can't make their own ras- rational life. decisions. By yeah. the way. So what we have so far in this video now, he's talking about Elon Musk and his takeover of the company, and so a couple things he just said. We're not here to give people free speech. And I will say most of what he says in this from a company standpoint of view, like, I'm like, okay, you know, whatever you want, let's just be out in the open about it. Let's just talk. Let's just say it. And that's, what's good about what project Veritas is doing is that people need to know what the underlying motivations of the companies are. Who is it that they're censoring? Why are they doing it? We're not a free speech platform. We are an ideological platform and the people working here believe in that. That's exactly what he said. And what did he just say uh, that people can't make rational decisions? Now, part, you know, part of what he said is no, people don't know how to make a rational decision. If you don't put out correct things, that are supposed to be out in public. So you're saying people don't know how to make a rational decision if there's misinformation out there, basically. So what do you say? People, in other words, people are too dumb to mm-hmm. disseminate information. So we have to make sure that we give them the information we want them to see. Yeah, and he does actually mention here in a minute, you know, what is correct, what 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 is truth. You know, he's he's kind of admitting. That's kind of subjective. It's whatever political viewpoint you're looking from. That, that that's what the truth is. And then he he's about to talk about Elon Musk in a way that is, which which by the way which technically isn't wrong. However, how can you then be the arbiter of that truth? Exactly. So if you believe that there can be different views on truth, which technically speaking isn't incorrect, 
Right, because multiple realities based on perception can be true. To I will argue back that there is certain, only one reality that is true, but that people live in their own versions of that reality. But how you but, perceive it, mm-hmm. according to Newton's law of relativity. <laughs> yes. You know? That is what we've learned. Your perception on that truth could differ. So he recognizes that, which is... Which, by the way, is the postmodern view, right? There's an infinite amount of interpretations uh, for for reality. Technically speaking, it's true. So, but my, what I'm saying is, is that this, if that's the case, how can they arbitrarily decide that the ones, the truth that they disagree with, it can't be displayed because people aren't smart enough to decide what truth is for them. And, and they need to they need to adopt our truth and our ideology. And so then that that leads to the next step, which is we don't know really what is correct or what is the truth. So we just default to whatever our ideology is yeah. about it. And so that's, that's what they're doing. My business is what I do every day and why I go out is like, we want it to be as fair and transparent and accurate as possible. Yeah. And if that means there, there's a level of censorship to make it Correct, quote unquote, again, and what does correct mean? I guess like, it just kind of goes into the idea of like, well, what is correct? If we're implementing all these rules that there's, and Elon wants to dismantle them, then technically our ideology has led us to not making money because we're not making money. And Elon wants to turn it the other way so that we can make money. There's a statement they need all 7,000 people to say. And so they can't like tell us that like, the real truth. He has Asperger's. Yeah, yeah, I know that. So he's special. Your special needs. You're literally special needs. <laughs> so I can't even take what you're saying seriously. Targeting of types. Wait, 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 wait. You can read it. Okay, so that part right there, I know it's kind of hard to hear some of the stuff. Everyone's probably already seen the video. It's got millions and millions of views and been trending for a bit now on Twitter. But he just kind of made fun of Elon Musk a little bit with his slight autism spectrum that he's on right there. Saying, I, yeah, I don't have to listen to you. Saying that he's special needs, and so we literally, you know, can't listen to anything he has to say, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, that's probably the part that's, if not everything else. It sounds um, pretty inclusive to me. That's, that's <laughs> probably what's going to get him fired, I would say. Yeah. Uh, that part right there, that's not a, not a good look if you're someone who's uh, on the left or high up at a social media platform to be talking about someone that has, I guess you'd call it a, I wouldn't really call it a disability. I think it's been pretty helpful no. overall. It's a, it's an ability. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that, that part's probably going to get him fired. And that's what a lot of people have been talking about recently. And, you know, can you say whatever you want about people who have whatever the thing is? I mean, we make fun of Charlie's dad for not having any legs all sure, the time yeah, through absolutely. no fault of his own. Well, kind of some fault, I guess, but through, through, through no fault of his own, I guess I'll say, you know, doesn't have any legs. We make fun of that. It used to be okay to 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 make fun of whatever you wanted to, if you're at least if you're given a, a comedy tour, something like that. Yeah. But when you're coming from the side who says you can't say all of those things, or you can be banned for saying all of those things, uh, or certain people should be banned for saying those things then that's not a great, that's kind of a hypocritical look for you. Also, you know? your company doesn't have to keep you employed. 
There's no. nothing in the Constitution no. that says you have a right to free speech and your company must keep you employed. No. Like, yeah, you can say whatever you want, and it can be funny or whatever. You can paint it in whatever light. doesn't mean your company has to keep you employed for saying whatever you want. All right, so now he's going to bring up the Project Veritas thing, which is just the icing on the cake for this video. Just made it so perfect. Well, I want to take a quick break from all of this craziness to tell you who's not as stressed out about all the stuff going on in our country, and that's Mikkel Thorpe from expatmoney.com. We're going to tell you about the upcoming online summit from Mikkel Thorpe and expatmoney.com with over 30 experts who are focused on moving your life, business, and wealth offshore. This is free to attend. You just go to expatmoneysummit.com. You reclaim your freedom from all this chaos and uncertainty. All right. So what they're going to be covering, how to secure your own plan B safe haven, how to use foreign currencies, offshore banking, and decentralized finance to safeguard your money, how to legally reduce your tax burden, how and where to safely store gold, silver, and other precious metals, where the best countries are in the world to find your freedom for yourself and your family, and how you can get a second passport to travel the globe without restrictions and get in and out of different countries' borders. You will learn about a libertarian island haven, private cities, communities on the ocean, and food and energy independent towns in Latin America. So go, once again, register now for free, expatmoneysummit.com. This is your way to fight back against what's happening in the world. Stand up, protect yourself, and find out how to secure your new life abroad. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Listen, relationships take work. We all know that. And we all know that we would drop everything to go help someone that we care about. Just think someone in your family or one of your friends is going through a tough time. You do anything to help them, but how often do you give yourself the same treatment? This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to take care of your most important relationship, the one you have with yourself. Whether it's hitting the gym, making time for that haircut, or even trying therapy, you are your greatest asset. So invest the time and effort into yourself like you do for other people. Now, Charlie has been using BetterHelp for quite a long time. He has really enjoyed it. I've used it as well. And let me tell you, some of the most important moments of my life happened when I was talking to someone about what was going on. I still remember the things that I was told to this day. Just imagine if you could get that same thing and how much it would help. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Good Morning Liberty listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com GML. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. Let me see. And how to protect yourself. Groups like Project Veritas are active right now. 
is that? Yeah. It's like some group that's trying to just out the employees. Like they're trying to go on dates with them like this and record them and then go sell it to the New York Times and say this is what the Twitter employee just said. This is what's really happening. This is what they're telling us to not do. You're lucky that you met me organically because I would be questioning everything about you. <laughs> uh, he literally shows him the email <laughs> what he's not supposed to be doing. I got to hear the end of that one more time. So good. Lucky that you met me organically because I would be questioning everything about you. As he's leaning right in. So I would be questioning everything about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, thank you to the good people over there at Project Veritas doing Veritas. all of the good work. Uh, and uh, bringing all this stuff to light. To me, that's a white pill because the the ideologies and the viewpoints of the people, of the censors, of the people working at these companies, they do need to be exposed. Now, we can say that they can do whatever they want, you know, and that's okay, but we do need to know the information about why they do what they're doing well, and because, what are they doing. Because the idea that they were censoring or whatever was a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it turns out, that that's not true not exactly so no. i yeah i think i think people being exposed for their lies is always a good thing so you know like i said i kind of feel bad for the guy just a little bit i kind of you know for his heart and also you know listen there's other places that you can go work i know that he's already removed his linkedin profile and all that kind of stuff but you know it's not the end of the road alex okay there's more things that can happen after this for you you can turn the tide and just uh don't don't go on any dates with anyone or if you do just make sure there's no cameras and microphones <laughs> it's a, really the only lesson that you have to learn from this just check for cameras and microphones or maybe be able to sleep at night by knowing that you're not participating in yeah yeah that too yeah something. maybe don't have anything that you're worried about getting caught on the camera or microphone i guess i don't know amen so Anyhow, uh, speaking of, you know, we mentioned in there that they're not making any money and that Elon wants to change things to where, and then they could be making money. He says in that video, our ideology is leading to us not making any money. And that's kind of this whole get woke, go broke thing. And I know that this is a few days old, but Charles, we got to talk about the, the memo that Netflix sent around because we've talked about Netflix quite a bit. Once again, it's White Pill Wednesday. And when you see that even though it doesn't feel like it, you're making progress. Mm -hmm. Then you got to point it out. This from MSN, Netflix sends culture memo to woke employees saying they can work elsewhere. Amazing. Netflix appears to be done with its woke employees trying to censor and silence those who offend their sensibilities. Under the new memo, employees will not, quote, censor specific artists or voices, even if they feel their content is harmful, according to the report. Quote, if you find it hard to support our content breadth, content breadth, Netflix may not be the place for you. The memo read, employees at the company may have to work on content they perceive to be harmful, according to the memo. And if that is too much, there's always another job somewhere else. The report noted, quote, we support the artistic expression of the creators we choose to work with. We let viewers decide what's appropriate for them versus having Netflix censor a specific artist or voices now that last paragraph mm. there that last quote that's good stuff we let viewers decide what's appropriate for them versus us censoring 
those specific people. And pushing a specific narrative. Yeah. A man and a woman. You think it has anything to do with their stock being down like 70%? Could. Possibly. Maybe <laughs> Could just be. a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and then also, it, like, this is why the folks on the left want to codify these things into law, mm-hmm. right? Because they know that eventually when you start, when people start voting with their dollars, they want it to be in law so that they can still be like, oh, well, you can't fire me for pointing out that you're violating Title 19, whatever it ends up being later on. I think, we're, what are we on now? Title 10? Title I have no idea. Whatever. 11. Anyway, whatever it ends up being, you're vi- you're violating this, so we can force you to pus- to push a cer- uh, certain agenda, and that's one reason why they want to codify those things in law, which is why it's so dangerous, and we speak out against those kinds of things. So, uh, good on good on Netflix. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm proud of them for doing this. Okay, not that I, not that Netflix. Um, I think I think one thing that's going to be troubling for Netflix is all the con- all the streaming competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, they pretty much had a monopoly on streaming for like ten years, which Not- means they weren't a monopoly. You know, they were just the only option. They were the only option. Yeah, right. And so they uh, now that you have all this competition coming in with streaming, everybody's taking it seriously. Considering Netflix was making so much money, uh, I think they're going to have trouble uh, competition wise, and they may not ever. I mean, it'd be a good company that's going to make billions of dollars still, yeah. but it's not going to keep growing. Eventually, that becomes impossible. It all turned when they took the office and parks and recreation off of Netflix and it went to Peacock instead. I think that's where the stock really started to get destroyed. You know, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's where I lost interest because I used to use it all the time. Um, anyway, in other news, very important. We've been talking about the disinformation governance board from the department of homeland security we've spoken about nina jank quite a few times and it seems like all of our uh fear mongering and mislabeling and disinformation finally worked (laughs) that's what it seems like uh but aka the ministry of truth yes the maddest demise it seems like it. It's on pause officially, not officially dead yet. And like Charlie mentioned in the pre-show, they're probably just going to switch it over to another agency that they don't have to tell anyone about, essentially, as, is what they'll be doing. Not that they don't already do that stuff. But anyway, I'm going to go to just straight to this Washington Post article. All right. So on the they, they say how the Biden administration let right wing attacks derail its disinformation efforts. Mm. That is the title of this article. Why is it on White Pill Wednesday? Because I just kind of want to make fun of this person a little bit. It makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. So, and there's so many really dumb things inside of this. This could have been a dumb leap, which will have to be tomorrow, by the way, because I'll be going to Chattanooga after the episode tomorrow morning. Mm. And so anyway, uh, from the Washington Post, on the morning of April 27th, the sorrow morning, <laughs> The, the morning, the DHS announced the creation of the first disinformation governance board with the stated goal to, quote, coordinate countering misinformation related to homeland security. Now, what is homeland security? It's anything that they don't like, because even talking about uh, if you just mention, oh, immigration or any kind of policy, even economic policy, anything like that. Well, if uh, one a-hole decides to go out there and be an a-hole and hurt some people, well, then Homeland Security would would dictate that you need to stop people from even being able to talk about these things. 
you know, just something that simple. Mm-hmm. Hate speech, you know, hate speech is going to be detrimental to our homeland security. So we're going to have to go out there and police the hate speech. Okay, Same but thing as terrorists. It's always about security, though. Mm. That's what it is. It's to keep you safe. And why? It's because some of you out there fall for it. Hook, line, and sinker every time. How did we get DHS in the first place? Okay. In naming the 33-year-old Jankowitz to run the newly created board, the administration chose someone with extensive experience in the field of disinformation. I really should word that a little bit better, I think, but... <laughs> Yeah, she's great at disinformation. That's why they picked her, Mm. which has emerged as an urgent and important issue. With this small community of disinformation researchers, her work was well regarded. But within hours of news of her appointment, Jankowitz was thrust into the spotlight by the very forces she dedicated her career to combating. The board itself and DHS received criticism for both its ominous name Yes, the Disinformation Governance Board, the DGB. Just What kind of idiots are out there picking stuff? It's... And the scant details of the specific mission. But Jenkowitz was on the receiving end of the harshest attacks, with her role mischaracterized as she became a primary target on the right-wing internet. Mm. On the right-wing internet. The very people she was supposed to stop. Yep. She has been subject to an unrelenting barrage of harassment and abuse while unchecked misrepresentations of her work continue to go viral. Mm. Jenkowitz's experience as a prime example of how the right-wing internet apparatus operates, where far-right influencers attempt to identify a target, present a narrative, and then repeat mischaracterizations across social media and websites with the aim of discrediting and attacking anyone who seeks to challenge them. Charlie, can you get that's, the definition of projection for me? That's, that's, I was going to say it sounds we exactly get the actual like definition. what they do. Those familiar with the board's inner workings include DHS employees and Capitol Hill staffers, along with experts on disinformation say Jankowitz was set up to fail by an administration that was unsure of its messaging and unprepared to counteract a coordinated online campaign against her, which was her entire job, was, was to come in and combat supposed disinformation campaigns. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be taken down because they couldn't even do it against themselves. <laughs> they couldn't even do it. Disastrous. This is, this, yeah, this is just as bad as uh, CNN+. Plus. It's pretty bad. Just hours after Jenkowitz tweeted about her new job, far-right influencer Jack Posobiec posted tweets accusing the administration of creating a ministry of truth. Posobiec's 1.7 million followers quickly sprung into action. By the end of the day, there were at least 53,000 posts on Twitter. The board was created to study best practices in combating the harmful effects of disinformation and to help DHS counter viral lies and propaganda that could threaten domestic security. <laughs> Unlike the Ministry of Truth in George Orwell's 1984, neither the board nor Jenkowitz had any power or ability to declare what is true or false or compel internet providers, social media platforms, or public schools to take action against certain types of speech. In fact, the board itself had no power or authority to make any operational decisions yet yet yes that is uh that is typically how they start okay and then eventually they would have administrative fines Mm -hmm. and then if you don't pay your administrative fines then you go to jail 
And that's how the whole thing works. All the board needs to do is make recommendations to people who do have that power and authority. Mm-hmm. So they just say, hey, this is wrong. They'll talk to their friends over at the uh, the FBI or something like that or mm-hmm. the NSA, something like that. And and then they, they can do some things, you know, even if this board itself doesn't have a SWAT team yet, they're going to get one someday or they have a phone number for someone who does have a SWAT team. Yeah. Okay. They definitely do. Quote, the board's purpose has been grossly mischaracterized. It will not police speech, the DHS spokesperson said. Quite the opposite. Its focus is to ensure that freedom of speech is protected, which literally makes it the ministry of truth. By (laughs) us finding the speech that is misinformation and making sure people are aware of it and that it's that it's not out in the public it's to protect freedom of speech for people that we agree with what they're saying Mm -hmm. that's what it was supposed to do the week because what like what we're saying this isn't even considered speech you know this is just hate-filled propaganda disinformation blabbering double hate speech white supremacy Mm -hmm. that's really all that we're doing which is not speech at all mansplaining exactly the week following the announcement, approximately 70% of Fox News's one-hour segments mentioned Jenkowitz or the board, with correspondents frequently deriding the board as a ministry of truth. They're very upset about this ministry of truth thing. Mm-hmm. In fact, I actually think some people thought it was called the ministry of truth. We'll say that, which never happens from the left or anything. You know, you wouldn't take like a simple... Uh, law that says you can't encourage speech about sexual orientation in a, in a state to kindergartners, and you wouldn't just give it another name that does not describe what the law does at all, where a lot of people literally think that that's what the law does. The left would never do so. They would never like think that. of doing that mm-hmm. at all. I'm not going to say it because you can't say it, and this podcast does stream to Florida, and I can't even say it anymore Get it. from what I heard. Gay. As this online campaign played out, DHS and the Biden administration struggled to counter the repeated attacks. Not not because it's a terrible idea. That's what it was. Yeah, it's really hard to defend terrible ideas, Mm -hmm. by the way. As she endured the attacks, Jankowitz herself was told to stay silent. After attempting to defend herself on Twitter... She was told by DHS officials to not issue any further public statements, according to multiple people close to her. (laughs) She didn't have any free speech. She She was told by a department that has no power to regulate speech. (laughs) Regulated her speech. To regulate her speech. Their first act was regulating her speech. It's the first thing they did. You can't make this stuff up. A textbook disinformation campaign. Experts say that right-wing disinformation and smear campaigns regularly follow the same playbook, and that's it, and, and that it's crucial that the public and leaders of institutions, especially in the government, the media, and educational bodies, understand more fully how these cycles operate. This is what this is how the right operates. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this must be stopped. The campaigns invariably start with identifying a person to characterize as a villain. Attacking faceless institutions is difficult. So a figurehead, almost always a woman or a person of color, is found to serve as its face. This is exactly what Trump was. Because 
you a know woman of color. <laughs> you know what's also funny is when you say almost always a woman or a person of color. Well, if you if you're if you're sampling the population and you said, are there a uh, let's let's collect everyone who is a woman or a person of color, which would include men as well, and that would be more than fifty percent of the population. Meaning that you could say almost always a person of color if you're or a woman if you wanted to say that. But anyway, the left would never do something. No, they like wouldn't this, do that. Like Trump. No, they don't do that. DeSantis. Mm-mm. No, you wouldn't Mm-mm. do that. Whether that person has actual power within that institution is often immaterial. Mm. By discrediting those made to represent institutions they seek to bring down, they discredit the institution itself. Mm. And this is something that, you know, like we're saying, that it's purely unique to the people on the right. You know, that's uh, it definitely is. And this as far is, as I can tell, they're the only ones. This is the problem that they're having. And one of the another white pill that I took from it is they have so they've created so much chaos and there's so much subjectivity to all of their arguments and to all of their societal rules that they have because they apply to each situation differently. And they've used all these narratives that their heads just must be exploding, even trying to write this stuff down and, and justify it and rationalize what, whatever it is that they're saying. Like, that's what happens when anything could be anything and any principle can be any principle and, and you don't ever have to worry about any kind of unifying principle to apply to all things. It's got to get confusing. It really does. And eventually well, it's going to break down. Well, and that's what we talked about. I mean, eventually the snake has to eat its own tail. I mean, because, because you're all over the map that there's no consistency whatsoever. You're just wandering aimlessly. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you're trying to defend your arguments. And the only thing you have are the same talking points over and over and over again. And so you can just surmise it to racism or bigotry or attacking people you disagree with. Like you just, you just break it down to one of those things and you're like, well, there you go. Argument defended. Jenkowitz's case is a perfect example of this system at work, says Emerson Brooking, a senior fellow of the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab. They try to define, quote, they try to define people by these single decontextualized moments, Brooking said. In Nina's case, it's a few TikTok videos or two comments out of, a thou- out of thousands of public appearances. They fixate on these small instances and they define this villain. What? How do you think they know the strategy so well? But that's what they've done with everyone that they've targeted to cancel. Now, it doesn't make it... Don't take their whole body of work. They said this one thing. Morgan Wallen, Joe Rogan... All these people. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Jordan doesn't matter, Peterson. Jordan Peterson. It doesn't matter. The worst thing. But if, but if the right does it to the left, well, they, they're just trying to fixate on these small, tiny instances to define this person as a villain. Yeah, exactly. Get him canceled. Will you continue well, on Where right do there? you think they learned how to cancel people? <laughs> like you wrote the damn playbook that is being used against you now. And uh, that doesn't mean that it's that it's right to do. I mean, it is a strategy that everyone uses and you you can't, you know, at some point people have to stop perpetuating the cycle. And this obviously is a strategy that's going to be used by everyone. It's a very popular strategy. Of course, as we're sarcastically alluding to here, 
everyone uses it right and left. The left, I mean, literally look at what they've been doing over the last few days after the shooting in Buffalo, what they've been saying about uh, Tucker Carlson and everyone else who's on the right. And they take one thing that they said, or they take even uh, multiple things that they said, and they create these villains. And this is the person, you know, who caused the deaths of those 10 people in Buffalo? It was Tucker Carlson. Mm. That's who it was. He's the villain. He is the villain. And to in the same week that they've literally been zeroing in on one person and doing this exact same strategy, the Washington Post even, we read, I mean, they have super long pieces that we went through on, on Monday. In the same week, they turn around and they describe this exact strategy as if it's something unique to people on the right. I just think it's, I, I think you got to pay attention we, to how these, eventually they break down. You can't defend it anymore. We talked about this during the BLM protests about how, you know, Trump incited violence in Jan, on Jan 6, but Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi and Ilan Omar and all of these folks, Bernie Sanders, they didn't incite any kind of violence when they said, I think it's perfectly defined, yeah. perfectly fine to destroy a building because their cause is great. Mm-hmm. They have insurance. Yeah, they have insurance. That's, yeah, one thing that was said. And I'm paraphrasing there. Those aren't exact words, by the way. But they, it's like they can't tell the difference. I mean, literally, which is, which is just, it's just pure narcissism. Narcissism is all it is. You had a Lori Lightfoot, Beetlejuice Lightfoot, out there after the Roe v. Wade thing uh, came out. And she said on Twitter that this needed to be a call to arms. And we needed to, to fight for our right to kill babies, <laughs> you know, that's a, basically what she tweeted and what a call to arms and fight. Was the emphasis your own? The emphasis, my own. Okay. And she also said other words <laughs> uh, for sure. But, you know, that's not incitement at all. What and if, the, at some point, the hypocrisy, it just gets so ridiculous that it becomes laughable. And I like to laugh on White Pill Wednesday. And so that's why we got to talk about it. It's, it's moved beyond laughable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's what's after laughable? It's, I'm not. I'm not sure. You know, don't we have like the seven steps of grief or whatever? <laughs> like what's like we move from like anger to laughter, and now we're on to whatever's after that. Just complete nutter depression. All right, very end here. The fallout from the campaign against Jenkowitz can be seen in the escalating attacks. Violent threats against her are flourishing online, according to Advanced Democracy. No threats against the justices. No. By the way. No, there haven't been. And I I took it out. I took the threats out. There were threats made. They specifically singled out two of them. Yeah. And talked about um, as if that's a way to label an entire group of people by just pinpointing one villain and saying that that's what the entire group is like. They literally did that in this article. Uh, But anyway, uh, users on far right social media platforms continue to use misogynistic and bigoted language in posts about Jankowitz with many users calling for violence. Quote, the irony is that Nina's role was to come up with strategies for the department to counter this type of campaign. And now they've just succumbed to it themselves. One Hill staffer said they didn't even fight. They just rolled over. DHS staffers worried about the way Jankowitz's situation was mishandled could hurt their ability to recruit future talent at a time when white nationalist violence is thriving and the midterm elections are approaching. Quote, we're going to need another Nina down the road, said one DHS staffer. And anyone who takes that position is going to be vulnerable to a disinformation campaign or attack. Good job, all of our disinformation bots out there. Congrats. 
You did a great job. Oh, what a beautiful article. I'm proud it's, of you. Every day I wake up, I'm like, is this real life? It's just, <laughs> I just love it. It's just awesome. But hey, that's a win. If they actually are going to get rid of the, uh, the group, the board, uh, it's officially on pause. And Jenkowitz did uh, have a draft resignation. I guess there hasn't been officially a resignation, but it is prepared. Mm-hmm. It's, it's prepped and ready to go. So, so anyway, that's a win. That's a big win. Yeah. Another win here from Reason. But before we leave speech real quick, can okay. I just say one thing? And I know you mentioned this a little no, bit on Monday. We don't believe in free speech on the platform, <laughs> Nate. I was listening to people talk about the shooter, the Buffalo shooter. And um, I was just thinking, I know we, we did already kind of address this on Monday, but imagine, so this guy, he had all these crazy ideas. And when he would talk about those ideas, he would go on to 4chan or 8chan or whatever the other chans are that we don't know about. And he would go on there and he'd talk about him and he would speak into this echo chamber of, of other crazy people, you know. Probably encouraging him to that, do it. That when he would say the things, they would be like, yeah, yeah, you're right, man. Totes right. That's what's going on. And so you just continuously get this reinforcement of whatever your ideas are. And then you see other people's bad ideas. And you never encounter this uh, rational opinion or this rational disagreement with whatever it is that you're saying. You never encounter that. So the question that we need to make sure we ask and try to get answered someday in our society is what if that guy would have said the same? What if he would have been completely allowed to say all those things on Twitter and he would have encountered great arguments against all the ideas that he had? Maybe he accidentally read a few of them. And instead of always getting reinforced in what all of his ideas were, sometimes he actually encountered a great argument and he started to question his beliefs eventually. Would he have still done it? I mean, a dissent is so important. It's a part of the Supreme Court, yeah. by the way. Right? Mm-hmm. So when you have the majority, in, in when the Supreme Court issues an opinion, it's the majority opinion. And then usually those who opposed that majority will join a dissent and write their own dissent and explain why they disagree with the majority opinion. It's so important. These, these things are studied in law school and all kinds of places and by nerds like me who just enjoy reading them. Um, because I, I think it's interesting to see how the different minds play out the arguments. And so, so I can be better informed myself like it, like it is so necessary to thwart these kinds of things, the, to be able to have dissenting opinions for people to be able to see both of them. And then whatever, which way to decide, I mean, that's up to them. There's no, like you can't coerce anyone to believe the truth that you believe, right? They have to come to that of their own fruition and, and they need both or multiple, whether it's, uh, an, an opinion for a dissent or somewhere in the middle, whatever, let people discuss things so they can make up their own mind. And perhaps something like that, as we talked about on Monday could have been avoided. Yeah. That's, that is really what I think would happen. Mm-hmm. You need that seed of doubt and whatever your belief is just a little bit. So you're not so sure about it that you're going to pick up a gun and put armor on and and turn on a camera and live stream and go do you just need a little seed of doubt in it and when you're when you're relegated to just talking on 4chan and 8chan and just a bunch of other people who aren't allowed to be in society either 
you never get that seed. You just get reinforcement. You mm-hmm. get stronger and stronger with your opinions over time instead of hearing about maybe why you're wrong. Maybe you see something that maybe you see something that offers some kind of other explanation for the problem that you're trying to solve. And here's a life tip for you folks out there. True friends will be the ones that offer a dissenting opinion and won't be an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be your true friends. A lot of times Nate and I will bounce, bounce stuff off each other. He's like, how many times do I like, hey, am I wrong about this? Maybe I'm wrong. Like, <laughs> point, point out to me, don't just echo chamber me. Point out to me where I could be wrong about this situation. And you all the time, you'll be like, well, I think maybe this, like you could probably avoid doing this. I'm like, all right, you're right about that. Yeah, I didn't think about that. And Nate will do the same thing with me. Like those are like the true people who actually care about you will want to see what's best for you, not just be an echo chamber um, and and, to, and lead you down a bad path. So I think that uh, f- word of the wise for those who care to listen to Chuck's opinion, which aren't many, but uh, but for those that do care, I think picking your friends is very, very important. Word of the wise, try to be friends with me. Do your best, <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right, one other white pill here. All right, from Reason. The FDA will ease enforcement of baby formula regulations to address shortage. Now, you know what's so frustrating? Before we get into the actual article. It's frustrating to be right all the time. Mm -hmm. And what's unfortunate about the libertarian view or the liberty view or a lot of things that we argue about, especially these types of regulations, is there is a lot of we're trying to thwart unforeseen consequences. And the problem is for us to be right, the consequences have to smack you in the face. And in this case, in the form of babies going hungry. And you still don't get to take credit for being right. No, you get no credit. Like this came out of nowhere. (laughs) Nobody could have predicted this. Or it's like, oh, thank you, FDA, for taking these amazing steps yeah. to help with the shortage. Now, this is a white pill. I mean, it is good that we're recognizing it, or at least getting some press on the fact that we're recognizing that the FDA is a massive hurdle for all kinds of things, for food and drugs. It's the Food and Drug Hurdle Administration. The only thing it doesn't hurdle is administrations. Exactly. That's basically it. It only helps those. So the FDA has emerged as one major impediment to ending America's current shortage of baby formula. Now they get to be the heroes. Mm -hmm. Now the agency is taking small steps to get out of the way. Hey, look, I know we created this, but I'm going to help you out now. Just I'm the hero. In a healthy and competitive environment, the shutdown of one facility shouldn't have sent such shockwaves through the formula market of, of the entire country. But the American baby formula market is both highly concentrated and a beneficiary of immense government protectionism in the form of trade restrictions and other regulations. Easing some of these rules and fees could allow more foreign formula to flood the United States. Not like in a climate catastrophe type of way, just like. Yeah, just formula flood. So baby formulas made in the European Union could be a good substitute since many of them already meet most safety and nutritional standards set by the FDA. But because a lot of these formula brands don't meet all FDA labeling requirements, they've been placed on the agency's red alert list, meaning they cannot be imported, sold, or purchased here, and shipments will be detained if discovered. Those are labeling. imagine smuggling baby formula into America? <laughs> Labeling we got some contraband. Charlie. We got mislabeled, unlabeled. 
improperly just, labeled baby formula. I'm taking it further than that. You're, uh, you know, you get a new, um, you, you get sent to prison. You go in there. This guy's been in there for like 15 years. Like, hey, man, what do you, I just, uh, I killed my, killed my wife. You know, what do you, what did you do? He's like, yeah, dude, I smuggled a bunch of baby formula across state lines, sold it for cheaper than what the state wanted me to. And here's the kicker, dude. This is why I got an extra 10. Didn't have any, didn't have any fucking labels on it, man. Dude's like, holy shit, it didn't have any labels on it. Wow. You deserve to be that in here. crazy. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Formula brands can be placed on this list for, quote, transgressions that are incredibly minor, such as not listing nutrients in a specific order or failing to include <laughs> step-by-step pictures of how to prepare the formula in close, pro- in close proximity to the written directions for use. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me read that again for you. Formula brands can be placed on this list for transgressions that are incredibly minor, such as not listing nutri- uh, nutrients in a specific order, or for failing to include step-by-step pictures of how to prepare the formula in close proximity to the written directions for use. Now, I wonder who got the FDA to write those regulations. <laughs> that you have to have pictures with certain words spelled out a certain way. It's not even that. They have to, the pictures have to be in close proximity to the written directions. Mm. It's not even that they didn't have pictures. They didn't use MLS format. That's <laughs> what it was. Papers returned. Yeah. <laughs> we standard MLS format. Okay. They don't have it. On Monday, the FDA announced that it would temporarily ease enforcement just like they did with all kinds of things during the pandemic. Well, isn't that something? Oh my God, we have a shortage of of ventilators and all kinds of stuff. We're going to reduce the red tape so that the market can actually go to work. Or hospitals need to add more beds because we're in a yeah. pandemic and we don't need to go to court over it. You know, something like that. Like, this is such a white, it is very much a white pill. But it's also so maddening to be so disgustingly right. <laughs> I mean, to have to be to have to be proven this way. And it's not like me. I'm not the one that's right. Like these aren't my ideas. They, these have been ideas for a lot of you know a lot of years from a lot of people. It's really like the liberty-minded people, the the economists that have come before us, that have spelled out these problems and have been right the whole time. And it's like it's very difficult to brew, uh, to prove, and you're you're put in a box as some crazy conspiracy theorist. Like, oh, that'll never happen. These people are just trying to do the Lord's work. They're just trying to protect you. They're trying to feed babies for crying out loud. And then all of a sudden, you you're right, and it's like now the FDA is a hero because they're going to temporarily temporarily ease enforcement of some labeling rules in order to allow for the importation of foreign formulas that meet U.S. safety and nutrition regulations, but it may run afoul of label requirements. And the important part that people actually need to take from this is these regulations, they exist all the time, by the way. Now, they're going to ease them to help the supply chain, which is going to help get more supply out there, which, by the way, more supply. I even heard this from Joe Biden the other day. More supply, that could equal lower prices for people. Except for when his administration needs to cap things. Yes. And these restrictions are here all the time, meaning there was even more supply that could have been available on the Mm -hmm. shelves. And all of those people could have been fighting over what price they were going to offer to consumers. 
and they weren't able to because we cut off all of these other options from the market. This doesn't have to be about baby formula. If you don't got any kids, okay, it doesn't, it's not about baby formula. This is about basic economics. And this is a common problem that we've had all throughout our market is the, the free market is, um, is tremendously good at solving problems much faster than the government is anytime that there is a problem. But the problem is the government has p- placed so many restrictions over the supply, over production, that they're not able to adjust when there's a severe market shock of any kind. And we need to realize that this is always the case. And even if we get back to the prices that we had two years ago, the prices could have been lower than even they were a couple of years ago. And this is the case all throughout the market for, for everyone. And it's not just regulations from the FDA, by the way. I'm not going to read the rest of this article. Um, because well, the WIC we, part is pretty important. Well, that's what I was going to say, that the that there are other restrictions. Yeah. Okay, so let me read some of this towards the bottom here. This the US uh, about half right here. That's where it starts to get okay. kind of... So about half of infant formula nationwide is purchased by participants using WIC benefits, noted the White House. Um, it, it's referring to the federally run nutrition program for low-income women, infants, and children. Half. Yeah. Half of infants. Because of this, WIC program requirements for eligible formula set both by federal government and states greatly influence the type of formula that U.S. manufacturers produce. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, quote, is urging states to allow WIC recipients to use their WIC benefits on a wider variety of products so that if certain sizes or types of formula are out of stock, they can use their benefits on those that are in stock. And the USDA is urging states to relax their requirements that stores keep a certain amount of formula in stock. This will also offer relief to retailers and allow companies to manage inventories to meet demand. So there's another part here where the market, not only is it controlled by what's capitalism's fault. It's just pure free market capitalism. It's all this capitalism's fault. They offer this program for women and infant children and half of the formula goes to people and since they're using government money to pay for those things then the market adjusts and it switches to making formula that is that qualifies for those WIC benefits and then when those start to run out when they can't get those anymore because a plant was shut down that's not a fault of free market capitalism by the way we're explaining all the reasons it's not a fault of free market capitalism when that runs out, then they can't even go purchase the other formulas. The market's adjusted to supplying that specific thing that, that meets the WIC requirements. And it's just total market manipulation all across the board. And I know that it doesn't sound too white pill right now, but they're admitting what is wrong, kind of, and they're relaxing restrictions. And today's white pill is all about us just, just basking, just bathing in our, in our rightness, you know, we're just showering each other with at least knowing through all of these tough times that there are out there Mm -hmm. that you're right about what you're saying. And that means you can have that as a, as a foundation for going out there and talking to people. And you're you're not going to shake that foundation because you know that what you're actually saying is correct. And that means that you can make it through all sorts of tough turbulent times out there 
And to further prove our point, Nate went out and bought all the baby formula he could find, and he's selling it outside our office right now for $100 per can. With labels. It's got labels on it. Got labels on it, yeah. And the ones without labels you can get for like 85 bucks. Mm -hmm. There's a little discount on those um, because there's no label or pictures to tell you how to mix it or anything like that. Um, so yeah, come on down by the office. I mean, I am you... starting a class that's associated when you buy it, you know, there's a QR code and it opens it up to our website and there's a little fee on top of it for doing that. It's but man- I show mandatory you class. Yeah. I show you how to mix the baby mm-hmm. formula because if how you feed the baby, yeah, change its diaper because you're taking care of a human being here. And that I'm actually a little yeah. bit scared not knowing how to mix baby formula and also taking care of a human, but yeah. you know, whatever. And really it's just. When you open up the video, Nate pops up and is like, should have got an abortion. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Bet you're pro-choice now, huh? All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's show, White Pill Wednesday, where we make jokes and get to have fun and then, you know, enjoy some good news around the world, then please share the show with a friend, a family member, a foe, and the children, especially these infants that can't even have any food right now. But they need to know why. They need to know. They need to know why. Share it with them. Let their little tiny baby ears bring in all the liberty mm-hmm. and uh, hit that follow button. Smash it, if you will, and uh, leave us a rating and review. If you do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow for Dumb Bleep of the Week on a Thursday. I uh, hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.